0: Hey, you're listening to the Small Chance of Crit podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review and recommend us to your friends. We are streaming every session live on Saturdays at 1pm EST on twitch.tv slash smallchanceofcrit. We're also on Twitter. Follow us under the handle at scoc underscore live. You'll get the latest information about the show and our running times there. You'll also hear when the latest episode goes live on YouTube, and when the latest episode of the podcast goes live. And now, our sources say that there is a small chance of crit. Enjoy the show. R.G. Rock, a young human wizard, found himself in a tavern in Daggerford, the Darkwood Tavern. He had just put out an open call for adventurers and heroes for a mission to save a certain girl from the claws of evil. Argyroc has silver hair, icy blue eyes shining through small glasses, and is always carrying around a notebook, in which he regularly scribbles notes. The letter he received read, Hail to thee of might and valor. I, a lowly servant of Barovia, send honor to thee. We plead for thy so desperately needed assistance. The love of my life, Irina Kolyana." has been afflicted by an evil so deadly that even the good people of our village cannot protect her. She languishes from her wound, and I would have her saved from this menace. There is much wealth in this community. I offer all that might be had to thee and thy fellows, if thou shalt but answer my desperate plea. Come quickly, for her time is at hand. All that I have shall be thine. Kolyan Indirovich Burgomaster of Barovia. Over the course of the evening, a group of adventurers assembled. The first was a young girl by the name of Ophelia Salalee. On her way to become a fully-fledged druid of her circle, the house of the star Catchers, she's on her star search. She has to travel around Faroon, helping people and getting in the good graces of her goddess. Seeing the plea to help out a girl... She decides that this shall be the great task to help her on her journey. She's gracefully carrying herself in her white dress, long flowing brown hair, a beautiful necklace with a star in the middle of it. She finds the silver-haired gentleman. Shortly after that, a 2 foot 11 inches halfling woman by the name of Samara arrived in the tavern. She has dark amber hair that falls below her waistline, put into a simple braid, Shaggy bangs that are probably self-cut. Simple pale skin and freckles on her arms and face. Her eyes have the same color as her hair, and she has a small scar on her left eyebrow. Her hands seem to have seen the odd flame every once in a while. Samara was intrigued by the 3,000 gold promised, and hoped to be able to blow some things up while she was out there with her new group of companions. After that... A large dragonborn appeared, ready and willing to fight, as a Harayetes, a blue-scaled dragonborn with curling horns and black hair in a tight ponytail, battle-hardened and scarred from his time as a soldier, was still lamenting over the loss of his former crew a few years back. Finding himself lost and without purpose, he was looking for a new odd job to take while in Fort. and three thousand gold pieces didn't sound too bad. He could live off of that for quite a while. Argy told them of the task ahead. He told them that they would save a damsel in distress in the lands of Barovia. And so, the morning after, they went ahead and towards their new adventure. Just that morning, a new, unknown member of the crew made his way to the tavern. Seemingly having missed the party, he went after them. Long Pipsongular, the Red Tiefling found himself in the footsteps of his companions. After a couple of hours of marching through the forest, the group eventually found themselves encased in fog. In an effort to get to their destination, they still pushed forward. But either through carelessness or random chance, Argy was snatched into the fog by a long, furred, clawed hand. One by one, the group ventured into the fog to look for him, but as soon as they entered the fog, They were all alone, stumbling and tumbling forwards. They eventually found themselves still surrounded by the fog, but together at the door to a mansion. At its gates, they found two small children, shivering in fear. Archie was nowhere to be seen. The two children begged the characters to help their youngest brother, who was still in the house. They told the troop of a monster that lived in the basement, and to be careful of it. The characters tried to calm the two, telling them they would take care of their little brother. When they entered the iron gate, behind which the entry to the house lay, the children turned to watch them enter, and the fog drew in, completely encasing the house. Their exit had been cut off. Inside, they found an old yet beautiful house. Wood-paneled walls with beautiful carvings, paintings of a family, mother, father, the two children from the outside, and the third child, seemingly only a baby. All of the decorations were under the signs of the family that once lived here. It portrayed a golden windmill and a red background. Upon further inspection of the house, they found some oddities. The carvings, on first glance, were beautiful and intricate, yet when examined closer, they tell of morbid happenings. Children being stalked by rabid wolves in the forest, snakes slithering up to happy couples, skulls instead of grapes on the vines. This house seemed more malicious than they had anticipated. When the group reached the second and eventually third floor of the house, they found a nursery room which held a bundle of clothes vaguely in the form of a baby. When picked up and unraveled, it seemed to only be a bundle of blankets and the party was attacked by the Phantom of a Lady. The fight was fought on the entire third floor, and in the fray an animated armor also attacked. With Samara badly wounded, Azahara managed to push the armor over the balcony of the staircase of the second floor, which seemingly did the trick with the being. Barely managing to destroy the specter and the armor, they found a hidden door behind a mirror in the nursery room. Shortly after this, the house was also found by Longpipsongular, who managed to catch up with the group finally. When going up the secret staircase, they found themselves in the attic of the house. There, after fiddling with a locked door, they found the dry and white bones of two small children, overlooked by the spirits of the body laying before them. Rose and Thorn Durst, or the children they met outside the house. Weirdly enough, the ghosts in this room do not remember meeting the party outside. While talking, the party found out that there was another hidden entrance into the cellar, behind a wall on the eastern side of the third floor. When trying to leave for the cellar, the children got scared and possessed Samara and Ezahara. When going into the cellar, the group found themselves in a tunnel complex. Traversing this complex was dangerous and deadly as they were assaulted by a group of shadows and eventually even a mimic disguised as a door. Barely dispatching these foes, they found their way into a big chamber with an altar in the middle. Thirteen shadowy figures appeared on the walls and chanted, He is ancient. He is the land. One must die. One must die. Refusing to kill one of their own, a terrible mound of flesh arose from the corner of the room and started attacking the group. Fighting for their lives, they ran around the room, trying to damage the horrendous thing, but barely having any impact. Longpip and Azahara went down, and that's when Argy arrived. He grabbed Longpip, helped up Azahara, and they all managed to escape just in time. When they came back up to the ground floor of the Durst family estate, they realized that things had changed quite a bit. The windows were boarded up, the doors were swinging blades of death, and the rooms were slowly filling with noxious fumes. The house seemingly had come to life, trying to keep them from leaving. They managed barely to make their way back, and with only Argy and Azahara still standing they arrived at the hideout that Archie had prepared for them. When they arrived in Barovia, the characters found themselves a bit lost. While exploring town, they found their way to the Church of Barovia. The church was run down, and inside was a priest by the name of Donovich. With his raspy voice, he greeted the characters. Their friendly chat was cut short by blood-curdling screams from the cellar. Donovich tells the party that this is his son, who came back from Castle Ravenloft cursed and feral. He had to lock him in the cellar of the church, and is praying night and day for the gods to help his son. This has been going on for quite a while now. The characters leave, and in the Barovian tavern by the name of Blood of the Vine, they meet a young man by the name of Ismark. He introduces himself as the son of the late burgomaster, which is when the party shows him the letter they have received. Ismar confirms the dire situation his sister finds herself in. It tells the party that the letter is not in his father's handwriting. Neither the party nor Ismar know who wrote the letter. While in Barovia, Samara and Longpip manage to traumatize and steal from the local general store. On the next day. They meet up with Irina in the homestead of the burgomeister Irina is a striking beauty, with light brown skin and auburn hair. In the homestead, they find the body of Kolyan and Derevich. Ismark asks the party to bring Irina to the village of Alaki, outside the view of the Devil Strad. Irina agrees to come with them, but only after they help bury her adoptive father. They carry the casket, made by Irina and Ismark, the church where Donovich helps them with the burial. On the way there, Azahara hangs back a bit and buys some pastries called Dream Pies from an old woman that introduces herself as Morkantha. He tastes one of the pastries and feels a bit woozy before going to the funeral. At the funeral, the service is held by Donovich, a friend of the Indirovich family. Longpip snuck away during the service to find his way into the cellar of the church to possibly help out Doru, He doesn't quite manage to open up the cellar, so when Donovich comes back to his church, Azahara gets him to eat one of the dream pies. Upon eating, he immediately falls into an almost comatose sleep. They carry him to bed. When forcing open the hatch to Doru, they find him emaciated and crawling along the walls, exclaiming that he can smell their blood. Ophelia realizes that he was turned into a vampire spawn. Longfoot decides that he is to be killed while the other characters are trying to save him. They beat him down and eventually secure him in binds when they realize they do want to save him, leaving to come back later. They meet up with Irina and Ismark again, gather their things and leave the town of Barovia behind to hopefully bring Irina to the town of Velaki, where she will be safe. On Old Svalich Road, following the river Ivelis. They encounter a couple of hostile roadblocks, which they dispatch rather quickly. At the Ivelis River crossroads, Ophelia encounters a terrible nightmare of her own corpse hanging at gallows, staring back at her with dead eyes and dissolving as soon as one of the other party members touches it. It looks like a random dead Barovian to the rest of the group. They push forward finding themselves walking towards an encampment of Vistani at the shores of Tsarpool, Here they stay the night, and as Ahar and Ophelia get their future read by the old Vistani fortune-teller Madame Eva, she closed them in on their potential future, ancient knowledge in a dead village drowned by a river, ruled by one who has brought great evil into the world, a symbol of great hope hidden in a small castle beneath a mountain, guarded by amber giants. A sword of sunlight, hidden by an evil tree that grows atop a hill of graves, where the ancient dead sleep. A were-raven, they meet along the way, clues them in that this might be the gulthiest tree. An ally against the darkness, found in a man of broken faith, whose sanity hangs by a thread. Ophelia thinks this might be Donovich. On their way, when reaching the gates of Barovia, which encloses the lands, they find an empty black carriage drawn by two incredibly strong-looking black steeds. Doors of the carriage open for them, and no driver. Through some magical conversation with the horses, they find out that they belong to Strahd and that an invitation is brought before them to come to Castle Ravenloft. The characters decline, and the horses make their way back to the castle looming behind them. On their walk through a patch of Svalage woods, they encounter the Devil himself. Strahd von Zarovich appeared before them, and playfully scalded them for refusing his invitation to his homestead. When dismissing the cause of Azahara to leave Irina alone, who he curiously doesn't call Irina, but Tatyana. He tells the group to show him their strength. A fight ensues, where they get utterly defeated. Strahd, reveling in his victory, leaves the characters battered and bruised, with words to Irina that he will be back for her. Shortly after that, they find an old windmill on the side of the road. Samara and Longpip go to investigate, and on their way get warned by a raven to turn around or face their death. They press onward, and find a kitchen in the old windmill. By perusing through it, they find piles of tiny bones, and a couple of containers labeled youth, laughter, and mother's milk. They then get surprised by an old woman that introduces herself as Morgantha, who asks them if they would like to buy something. They refuse, trying to get information from her about the stuff she has been baking here. She refuses to give out the information, and Longpip goes to intimidate the old woman, who doesn't seem too fazed by it. Through a bit of back and forth, and them telling the old woman that they're not going to buy anything, the old woman transforms into a terrible, blue, lanky tall being. Hideous and disgusting, Longpip realizes that this is a night hag. A fight ensues. After a bit of fighting between just Longpip, Samara, and the night hag, she calls for her two daughters, Belinda Falia, who join the fray. Longpip produces the sound of three thunderclaps, which alerts the rest of the group about what was going on. They rush to aid their friends, and the fight continues. Azahara breaks a hole into the side of the windmill after being enlarged by Samara and pulls one of the hags out of the windmill. One of the hags disappears, and reappears right next to Longpip, who begins to sweet-talk the weird being. Rogantha keeps hurling spells and attacks at the group, and at one point even takes over Samara's body. After killing Afalia, Longpip manages to convince Bella that she is only being used by her mother. She takes revenge for the terrible things her mother has done to her, and leaves. Morgantha is killed, and her heartstone is taken by the group. They figure out by looking through the windmill that the hags were using children's bones to make the dream pies. They also save two young children from Barovia, and send them back under the protection of Ismark. The windmill is burned to the ground, Samara drinks the youth potion, Azahara drinks the red tea called Laughter, and Mother's milk is found to be a potent poison by the name of Pale Tincture. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to see us play live, join us at twitch.tv smallchanceofcrit at 1pm EST. Remember to give us a review if you like what you heard. It really helps us out. See you next week! On their way to Vallaki, they drop by the shores of Lake Zarovich, a magnificently large lake in the north of Barovia. They find a boat and gently make their way to Vallaki on the water. As they see a different boat in the middle of the lake, they see a man with a sack of something. He seems to be fishing. They see just in time that the sack is moving as he throws it overboard and Azahara immediately jumps in after it. He manages to retrieve the struggling sack just before getting noticed by a large, intelligent being at the bottom of the lake. He manages to make his way up to the surface and into the boat again, before the characters take the drunkard hostage and dash back to shore. They also find out that in the sack was Arabelle, a Vistani child, who just barely survived because of the actions of Ezahara. The group finds themselves at the shore and asks the person they had just saved what was up with him trying to throw a girl in the lake. He explained he was a fisherman, had not caught fish in weeks, and was trying to sacrifice her to the lake god, because according to him, the Vistani were lucky. The characters gave him a stern talking to, and took him back to the tavern to find work and turn his life around. Longpip was very intrigued of what this god in the lake was. After bringing back Arabelle to the Vistani camp just south of town, the group did some shopping as Ahara was befallen by a fever and, according to Ophelia, the sickness called cackle fever. He was ordered to take extensive bed rest. Longpip and Samara got into a scuffle in the general store, and Longpip got arrested. With the help of some magic and Samara, he managed to break free of his shackles. While this was happening, Argy and Ophelia went back to the Vistani camp to collect their rewards. Samara, after making sure Longpip was free, went after Ophelia and Archie to look at their rewards herself. Longpip had different plans, though. Longpip was still intrigued about what Azahara had warned him about. The monstrosity. No, the nightmare that called Lake Zarevich home. He went back to the Blue Water Inn, where he checked up on Azahara, who was in a wild, feverish state of half-consciousness. He put on a disguise, since the guards didn't seem to like him very much, gave Azahara the greatsword he had procured for him, and made his way to Lake Zarovich once again. He took the boat out onto the lake and managed to contact the powerful being living in it. What the party found the next morning was this, Azahara and the Blue Water Inn with a new greatsword and Longpip nowhere to be found. They get a sinking feeling in their stomach, find their way to the shores of Lake Zarovich, and find an empty boat floating in the middle of the lake. It didn't show any signs of a struggle, as if Long Pep went into the sea willingly. They retrieve the boat, have a small ceremony in which they create a small grave for him, and promise to come back for him when they have found the strength to face whatever took him. Finding Irina again in the tavern, she seems ready to leave the town. She finds the town increasingly creepy, and her thoughts seem to have foundation, too. In the town's toy shop, they find the toy maker, Blinsky, who has been tasked by the town's brute, Izek Strazny, to make a certain kind of doll every month to his specifications. The doll looks eerily like Irina herself. They decide that they shall leave town in the following morning, together with a newfound comrade, Nook, a half-orc who wants revenge for his troop. And this is where we left off.